Borderlands 3 finally got announced, but is there room for it in modern gaming? Plus, John Smith went to GDC and tore up San Francisco, and NASA is paying people to stay in bed for two straight months. Sign me the hell up on this week's episode of Dude Soup. Did you say NASA? I say NASA. NASA who? NASA. The country? NASA? How do you pronounce oh, it? NASA. Space Boys. NASA. Just I, the long A isn't in my vocab. That's fine. Yeah. It's it's a garbage vowel, and it makes you sound stupid every time you say it. I think it. NASA yeah. sounds smarter. It absolutely does. There's mm. something about hard vowels that I, I can't stand. Nah. Do we have to go Can't in order, stand. or Can't can we stand. talk about how I can get paid to sleep in a bed for two months? That has to can be you, at the end. I'm sorry. Can you okay. bring your phone and masturbate in the bed? I imagine so. Yes. As long as people are watching. We'll get to that. <laughs> Only Yeah, people oh, will be watching you wait, the whole time. It's one other thing to tease here. I found this apple in the refrigerator, and it's very shriveled. It kind of looks like the poison apple from Snow White. We don't know how long it's been in there. And um, if you watch to the end of the podcast, I might take a bite out of it. And uh, as a... Uh, that fridge, okay, gets gross. People leave food in there for yeah, months. Yeah. As a reference point, I have apples that I've left in my fridge for months, and they look exactly like they did when I bought them. So this might have been in the fridge for seven years. The thing that gets me about that apple is that it looks shriveled in a way that's like, it looks like it has wrinkles. You'd think that an apple that had been in a fridge for several months would like discolor. Or get brown or start decomposing. Yeah. No, it's just shriveled. It's shrunk a little bit. It's like an old person. How does that work? Because fridges are so moist. The water just bleep, wicked out. I guess. But the skin stays the same size. Mm. Mm. Science. Yep. It's All like right. your dick when you die. Uh, we're recording this. Uh, what? It gets bigger. Your dick gets bigger when oh, you yeah. die? Yeah, way bigger. Yeah. That's why when you choke yourself, that... your dick grows. That's why dudes do it. So you get close to death, your dick gets huge, and then you take the noose off and it shrinks back. I think that, that you might be lying to me. I think I would know. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Have you died? That's why people go to space dick? and jack off in two-month beds because the oxygen deprivation makes your dick huge. I don't think that's true. I'm gonna eat this apple. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. All right. Uh, we're recording this podcast early because everyone's out for Arizona Circle next week. So just for context, the first story is gonna be Borderlands Three. But in case there's like more news before next week, more like Borderlands. Oh. oh! <laughs> <Got> <laughs> Uh, so Borderlands 3 was revealed at PAX East like two hours ago it's for us. the name of the game. Yep, with it's a very dubsteppy trailer that featured some old characters and some new ones. If you haven't already seen it, go watch it then come back here. If you're not familiar with what dubstep is, it was popular in 2012. Can you make some dubstep sounds for me right now? He's got it. Sort of. You sound like a chicken trying to do dubstep. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that was my Maybe inspiration. That's <laughs> um, so there I, wasn't a lot of news to accompany the trailer. Honestly, don't have that many questions either. My, I have a question. Okay, go. What do you guys think about the Borderlands franchise in general? Yeah. Eh. I I hated it. <laughs> oh wow. I hated okay. it all. We got a good panel here then. I it it, it has an it's very near and dear to a lot of people. Yeah. I think justifiably so. It hit at a time when there weren't many games like that. It was a lot of competitive shooters, so a co-op action RPG that you could play and level. And, and it was wacky, goofy, and it was Diablo because they hadn't made Diablo in a long time. It hit at the right time. It um, was the first big looter shooter. <laughs> I don't know why I said that that way. Uh, I think so. I would say it's the first mainstream one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, of a console game that had at the very guns least. with stats on them before that. Is Diablo mainstream? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's on Super Switch. Super mainstream. Yeah. It sold millions of millions, tens of millions of units. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. But I feel like Borderlands is like casual gamers play Borderlands. Mm-hmm. And I don't know yeah. that casual gamers play Diablo, but that's a separate oh, conversation. For sure. I, they probably I would, do now. I would wager that Diablo has sold way more than Borderlands ever has. Like by tiers and tiers yeah, of sales. You, yeah, you'd be right. But it's got 40 years on it. <laughs> it's true. Also true. Diablo has been around for 300 years and yes. Borderlands about 10. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so when I said I didn't have many questions, my thing is this trailer I was like, yeah, that is a Borderlands game for sure. There's guns. It's it's internet wacky. I yeah, clap still trap danced that he did not floss. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh. Oh, I just it's it's funny because I was like, what what is Borderlands now? Because back then it was sort of just like the the world was just waking up to internet humor. So it was a bunch of memes and like wacky lol random internet humor stuff. Mm. I was like, that's not gonna play in twenty nineteen. And if if they try to take that tone, it's gonna be pathetic. And it's it just gonna ages be, so badly. Yes, it does. Because yeah, it's it's all I mean, memes live and die in the span of yeah. a week. So I was glad that they didn't have claptrap flossing, but that's kind of what I would expect. Instead it was dubstep, which is about as old as Borderlands now. I so. haven't seen a video game dubstep trailer in a while. Like other trailers that dropped this week, we got Wolfenstein. Uh, what is it? Youngblood. It's all about mumble rap now. Well, that was uh, Cop and a Brute, which is the best. Oh, for uh, sorry for, for Youngblood. Wolfenstein. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like, Mortal Kombat 11 has a trailer that has uh, like House of Pain and uh, was it 21 Savage? Because mm-hmm. it's about like old and new together. Mm. And I thought that was awesome. That was great use it of music. It was some Kendrick lost year at E3. Like the, that's sort of mumble rap. I feel like Kendrick's mumble rap. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, I never know. thought about him that way, but I guess so. Maybe. I don't know. But it has it has been a while since we've heard dubstep. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I don't have a lot to say about the trailer. Like, I I thought it looked like Borderlands. We saw four new heroes. That's cool. Uh, and it it does look more detailed. The cell kind shade, of, it's still cell shaded. It's a weird thing because it's cell shaded. Right. So how much more detail can you get? The, there are more cell shades. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's like Cells a black stroke around everything. It was I one of the uh, one of the heroes is in is a gray haired man who looks very young and hot. Nice. So and, and I, I was wondering if when they put if they put wrinkles on his face if he just looked all like he had too many black cell shaded lines yeah. and he just looked all weird like a mm. wood carving or like stage makeup yeah. or something. Yeah, so they had to remove him, but then now it makes him look like a young man with gray hair. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. You could dye it. No, that's the thing that you can do. Hair dye. <laughs> They Highly don't have recommend. hair dye in Borderlands, so. No. Everyone's born naturally with pink and green hair. Well, that is a thing in art. The more lines that you put on someone, the older they look. And you can just accidentally, like, you'd be like, eh, maybe one more frown line. And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, it just, it does a lot. And I can imagine that being a challenge with the cel-shaded game, especially. Because, yeah. like, I feel like Lilith has, like, no lines on her face. She's got, like, one on her cheek or whatever. But I'm also excited uh, in the trailer when they said, all your friends are back uh, and I thought well, all the people that I could not stand talking. Tiny <laughs> Tina is back. Yeah, What's and the... that very large lady. She's gonna be. Oh, lady. is Handsome Bertha? Jack dead? No. Yes, Handsome Jack is super dead. dead. Randy Pitchford explicitly made mention of that in the panel. Got it. In the middle of his twenty-minute magic trick, uh, it was shortly after his magic trick. I just wanted to reference the. Magic <laughs> trick. But yeah, no, Handsome Jack super dead. So yeah, you don't really know who the villain is. Um, it's weird. In the first one, there kind of wasn't a villain. It was just Both go get is, treasure. What, is yeah. that, that's what they called, right? Vault Hunters. Yeah. Yeah, because you're after the vault, which has a lot of treasure in it. And it, do they ever actually open a vault in any of the Borderlands? Well, they do in yeah. in one. Yeah, that's right. At the end of one, right? Yeah. You fight the monster. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that like the boy. twist? I don't remember that well. I mean, I don't know. Very forgettable. The, the plot kind of doesn't matter. It's about the experience you have with your friends. And that's totally. What, that's what most people remember, and that's what three will offer. Except that. 
there have been a lot of other games that have done that since Borderlands 2 and even uh, pre-sequels. So that's the question I wanted to pose. It's yeah. like, so yeah, if you if you want to break down on the news, if you haven't caught that, go check out the Inside Gaming episode that has all yes. the news and details about uh, the new heroes and all that. But yeah, do we think there's room for Borderlands 3 to exist now, or is it too late? I think it will be bought by some people and played once and then never talked about again. But yep. they will enjoy it. Probably existing Borderlands fans. Yeah, I, I think they. I think they have a guaranteed number of sales, which is good. Uh, I think that. I think it'll reach enough people to break even. I don't know if it's going to blow up beyond that. Yeah. Uh, problem is, there's stuff like Warframe that is free and does similar things. And Game Destiny like Destiny and Two, Anthem. which is exceedingly good. Anthem tried to like be a big budget version of that and it has flight and all kinds of other cool mechanics. Wasn't quite finished, but still. Uh, I think, yeah, that... Even Battle Royales now, right? Like, those weren't really a thing back when Borderlands 2 came out. And those have loot. Those are loot shooters. They're just a lot together. faster. Squad up. Yeah. Squad it's game, the same concept. Hashtag. It's still the same thing where you're enjoying playing it with a friend, but it's online and it's it's competitive. And I don't know, I just... Especially Destiny 2. Like, uh -huh. that game's so good now. That yeah. I, th I think... And, and Destiny 2 even didn't perform well enough. I mean, not for Activision Blizzard. Who knows what their internal targets were? Because they have ridiculous targets. They do. Um, and I don't really fault me mega corporations for needing, uh, like, number one hits uh, to justify their time. Uh, I know that, that Gearbox is, has a bit of a... Is it 2K Publishing? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So I know Gearbox and 2K can be a little more conservative about what they need the game to do. So I'm glad about that. I'm, well, glad that, I'm glad that Battleborn didn't sink Gearbox because I really like that studio. Yeah, I mean, uh, part of that Take-Two does have a... So obviously Take-Two owns 2K. Yeah, it's confusing. Gearbox. Take-Two does have a... They don't own All Gearbox. games... Well, well, no, but they publish, the publishing yeah. scale. Um, a policy that all of their games will have microtransactions. Oh. Well, no. So Borderlands 2 had microtransactions and it wasn't that bad. Did it? Yeah, it was like shift keys, right? You could buy them. It was just like... I don't remember. Yeah, you basically got spins on a loot box and then it would just drop some stuff. But you didn't need that to. That checks out. And you could buy a hero, I think. That's right. They did have expansion content. They had, they had the mech, Mechromancer and then the other one. Yeah, that Borderlands no one 2 was 2012. It was it, Gage and... There that was giant another. wheel that you could drive looked cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Some of the mechanics they hinted at in the trailer, I think, will be fun. There's like a there's a dude who summons a robot that you can jump in, which is neat. There's like a pet class where you summon pets. Mm. These are all kind of shades of stuff we've seen in Diablo and other action RPGs. That's okay. Uh, I think this game would have done better if it were a Destiny-like, if it were massively multiplayer. Well, Destiny's not really massively multiplayer. Well, it's not MMO, but I mean, more multiplayer than full. Yeah, there's there's a hub space in Destiny. Uh, I wonder about that. The 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 function of a hub space is to show other players your shiny shit and then make them want to get it. Kind oh, of. And yeah. there's PvP and, the, and PvE. And it, there's only four characters. Like you yeah. don't, you can't make your own hero. That's true. You can. Oh, and they had skins and stuff in, in Borderlands oh, too. That yeah. was another microtransaction thing. But you could also get those through like golden boxes or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it had a pretty good microtransaction model. But yeah, as far as like the massively multiplayer slant of it, I don't know. I think. Um, I'm surprised they didn't do it that way. I'm kind of glad, but you need a big fucking studio to pull that together. Yeah, it's mo yeah, it's mostly just designing a social space, and then being able to just route players into it and out of it. Yeah. Could <sighs> you imagine getting to role play as your own wacky Borderlands character? Oh boy. What? Oh my god, that'd be so fun. <laughs> I wouldn't want to leave the hub world. 
I just want to be a moving two-dimensional image that has impact text on the top and bottom, mm. and then a gun. Hell yeah. That's my Borderlands character. Well, apparently they have over a billion guns. Then I can has cheeseburger that meme. It's not true. Well, unfortunately, none of us really care about Borderlands that much. <laughs> I, well, Sorry to all the Borderlands fans out there. I know y'all are passionate. Sorry to all you 13-year-olds. Oh, bad. We got an unfortunate mix of people here. Now, hold on. I love Borderlands a lot. Lo well loved, I would say. Uh, Borderlands 1 was a little insufferable, to John's point about its writing. I thought Borderlands 2 backed off of that quite a bit. Um, How about the pre-sequel? I never played pre-sequel. Shout out to Australia. Yeah. God bless you. Australian uh, accents. Oh. It's 2K... What studio did that? 2K Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, never played pre-sequel because I was kind of already over Borderlands at that point because I played all the DLC for Borderlands 2. Um, I think Borderlands 2 is still a fantastic game. Uh, it basically solved every problem I had with 1. Mostly the PC port was garbage for Borderlands 1. But mm. No, I, I'll i give it a shot. It's, it's more that really when Borderlands 1 and 2 came out, there was no game like that. And now yeah. there are tons of games like that. And better. That's yes. the thing is it doesn't look like it's aged. <laughs> or rather... It doesn't look like it's matured. It hasn't grown up. It doesn't seem to have added that much, but maybe that's just because this is an no, announcement we, trailer. It's hard to say. Some of the environments they showed off looked big and Environments look cool, yeah. Um, but the, like the counterpart is, okay, so what happens if you're stuck in the middle of that big empty area and you don't have a car? Are You you can either fast travel or are you just going to like set auto run and put your controller down? Like, There's a lot of weird moments about Borderlands that I think people forget mm. of just stomping across big open areas with not a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, so... And then, like, quest design, who knows what that's going to be? Is it going to be, like, pick up 50 squirrel squags? And they like, you have to just shoot bugs over and over again until they drop enough stuff. Whatever, man, it's a video game. But I, there is, I think, a lot of potential to put in the time and effort to make quest design unique and character design unique. And we haven't seen that yet. Did you play Tales from the Borderlands? I, yes, I played the first couple of episodes. I thought it was great. Yeah, obviously very different because it doesn't have borderlands -y mechanics. It's a Telltale game. Did but play... Well, watch yeah. and occasionally Press hit a button. button. Yeah, <laughs> Still count. It's a game. You know what you're getting yeah. into. Um, but yeah, I, I like Tales from the Borderlands, even though I'm not a huge Borderlands fan. It's like they... Well, would they have written that or would Telltale have? Telltale would Telltale have written did. that. Yeah, and it, and it was f it was ex it was very funny. Yeah. Uh, I think there were, Borderlands 2 especially sort of hit the like cruel humor angle real hard. Uh, Handsome Jack, I thought, was a great character. Yeah, Just, I like him. His VO was great. His dialogue was great. I like his design as well. Reminds me a lot of GLaDOS from like Portal 2 of just like slipping in the most like rib cutting insults into casual conversation yeah. that works really well. Yeah. Uh, but he's also very likable. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Whereas Borderlands 1 he was more about love. like, sure. <laughs> Borderlands 1 was more about like claptrap and yeah, wacky characters. Obnoxious sort of. They kind of they grew a little bit. Good Again, job. it read at the time because there was nothing else really like that. Totally. Like, what was the peak of video game humor in what? 2009? When did Borderlands 1 come when out? When did Portal come out? Por I mean, yeah, Portal, Portal is just so good. That was. Uh, it's an exception to the rule, but still. Portal was Orange Box. It's I don't 2011. Think we've the peak of video game humor yet. I. Uh, I mean, the, the Portal was 2007. Um, oh. The. Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> I've forgotten what I was even going to talk about. There are games that are funny. The South Park games. Yeah. South Park are games are funny. Mm -hmm. The thing about... Um, Thomas was alone. Yeah. The yeah. thing about video games and humor is that uh, comedy is so much about timing. Mm. So when you try to put comedy into a video game, devs find it really hard 
because part of a video game being enjoyable is that you can't actually control what players do with their time. Mm. You can't control at what point they look at a certain thing or at what point they absorb a thing. So it's very hard to make games funny without it all being in cutscenes, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. I didn't even see the Kite Boys in Sekiro. Kite Boys? Are you, you haven't seen There are enemies that like fly down at you on kites. Yeah. It's, mm. it's memeing out. I mean, it's probably dead by now if this video is coming out next week. Dead like you. But, uh, say it was bang. memeing out. Yeah, nice. Memeing out. Is that the is uh, that the praise the sun equivalent of Sekiro? Uh, for now, I, I haven't guess seen that, I mean that's kind of like the one boys. thing that is kind of universal. Just like what? I'm it's sure that game has plenty of that shit. They're up in a kite and then they fly down and they hit you. And images. during my personal playthrough, I was like looking some other way, so I just heard it. Right. You and can then, completely miss that stuff, yeah. and that's part of a, a video game is that devs have no control over that. So if you're trying to convey comedy without it being in a cutscene, you can't control timing. How do you deliver a joke? It's supposed yeah. to be really hard to do, which I think is very interesting. People wouldn't, you yeah. wouldn't think, of, you'd be like, just write a funny joke. You're like, what is the player doing at that point in time yeah. when it's being delivered? Where are they looking? Like, are they picking some up, something up? Are they in a menu? Like, what are they doing? That because you can't predict the context of how that joke will be delivered to them. And if you're playing a co-op game, they might be screaming at you over yeah. the audio log that has an awesome joke in it. Yeah. I, I think it takes a lot of that in stride if you're a game developer. You you pack a game full of shit and you tell yourself that there are people who will know all of that, but no one player is going to get all of it. And that's just yeah. kind of how it goes. I think so. environmental uh, jokes are really great. Um, but I, I mean, I like that in TV as well. Like... Um, Bojack Horseman has a lot oh, of really yeah. good environmental mm -hmm. jokes that Lots like you could the miss them. It depends what you're looking, but like you look in the background, you see mm -hmm. like just a funny sign or whatever. I like that stuff. And uh, I am such a sucker well, for storefronts. The Good yeah. Place has so many good pun based. <laughs> mm. Oh, there was such a oh god. Bojack has like, this recurring joke uh, with Mr. Peanut Butters where it'll be like there'll be a banner for his birthday and it'll be like Mr. Peanut Butters like Happy Birthday. There's an S on the end of Peanut Butters and it's like the whole thing written on the sign, but then they just keep reusing that joke and I love it. It's so good. <laughs> You could completely miss that if you weren't looking at it. But mm -hmm. Anyway, I forgot to say, this episode is sponsored by Hymns, Wobby Parker, and Bespoke Post. Uh, our first sponsor today is Hymns, a wellness brand for men that focuses on helping guys look their best. Uh, Lawrence, you've used Hymns, I believe? Yeah, still do. Uh, I, I have a prescription to finasteride, one milligram a day, to prevent hair loss, suppress DHT, dihydrotestosterone. Also helps your prostate, apparently, so this... Cool. This bad boy down here is going to be working as much as this up here, the money maker. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, comes with like multivitamin gummies, which are delicious mm. uh, and have a lot of biotin, but also vitamins. Uh, and it has shampoo. So oh, you can always use shampoo. Shampoo's good. Use uh, shampoo. That's also supposed to suppress uh, scalp deadening. So yeah, I think around the time I turned 30, I just like stared at my scalp in the mirror and either it was my own neurosis or actual fact that I could see like I, it used to just be like n a black forest, and now I could see the individual hairs. Mm. I was like, oh, is that what thinning is? Well, I feel is? like you're a really good example of that. It says here, 66% uh, of men start to lose their hair by age 35. <gasps> and once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late to fix. <gasps> so you should just, the, their sort of pitch is that if it's a thing you have a problem with, or your hairline's slowly moving backwards, you can prevent more hair loss by just getting in touch with hymns because you still have a pretty good head of hair. Thank You're basically you. just preventing it mm -hmm. from. Yeah, getting can drunk. I say can your hair up. is looking hot as fuck? Is that sponsor friendly? <laughs> I think we're allowed to keep that. Yeah, they didn't. Some they didn't say it again. Don't like that, we do have one sponsor today that is yeah. anti-profanity, but it's not hymns. So the way I phrase it and the way we're talking about it, it can make. Excuse me. Hymns doesn't prevent you from burping when you're drinking coffee. Um, <laughs> 
Not yet, anyway. Uh, it can make it sound like this is a company that's sort of preying on on my ner nervousness about getting older. Mm. But they do have doctors, uh, so I had to take photos of my hairline and send it to a doctor. And some of them like were blurry, so they actually requested more photos. Mm -hmm. So to me, that at least says that it's not just like a drinking bird on a keyboard hitting yes for everybody. There yeah. was actually a doctor that said, this isn't good enough. I need to see more. They use licensed physicians and FDA-approved products. Um, but I do like that you don't have to have like an awkward in-person doctor's visit. You can do it all online. Yeah, you don't have you to like, have that conversation in person if you don't want with him. But we'd, uh, we would also, because healthcare in the U.S. is weird and bad, and there are other countries that don't have to deal with the garbage we have to deal with to see a doctor. Uh, we should also say that we're not advising anyone to circumvent going to a doctor they trust or going around the advice of a doctor that you trust. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. What you can always do is go to a family doctor, one that you have a rapport with, and talk to them about it. And if they recommend it to you or give you a prescription, you can then transfer that to HIMSS and just have it filled online instead of going to a pharmacy. Good stuff. So, if you're interested, order now. Our listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today right now while supplies last. And, of course, subject to a doctor's approval. Restrictions apply, so see the website for full details. But really, this could cost you hundreds if you went to a uh, regular doctor or pharmacy somewhere else. So consider Hims and go to forhims.com slash dude. That is F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash D-U-D-E. Thank you to Hims. Is it just me? Or are, is hair popping up in a bunch of funny internet pictures more than usual? Like How? I, well, let me explain, John. <laughs> How, sir? <laughs> just a bunch, like I saw a photo of like a hair sandwich the other day, which was like a baguette with just a bunch of hair in the middle. That's I, it. I almost started gagging right there. That's, I normally I don't, like don't that. do that. I don't like that. that sounds one. So one time I no, ate. No, I don't want to see it. One time well, I ate a, a pancake that I'm not looking someone had accidentally like dropped a hair into. So when I, this, this pancake had been like cooked with a hair inside of it. Mm. So when I was cutting and eating the pancake, I guess I did, I couldn't cut the hair in half. So I swallowed it and I had to like pull the hair out of my fucking throat. It was terrible. It was awful. I have trouble. I don't know if you can punch in on that. A little jar of pickled hair. <laughs> well, that's Good riddance. Oh, your anyway. phone's fine, your phone's fine, your phone's fine. It's Totally perfect. Yeah, I drop this all the time. I, uh, so there's a. Oh, that was already there. Okay, I have one of those shower hair catchers, and I have trouble Ooh. cleaning my own hair out of it. Like, dude, you should see I my hair. Not like, I lose so much hair. Try having hair this long. Dry hair is fun. Oh, it's only when it's wet. You don't. You hate wet. Wet hair, hair pickled hair, like the picture <laughs> that uh, you showed, oh. and hair in food situations. <laughs> the feeling of a hair in my throat. Yeah, is it's like bad. It's bad. The worst. Yep. That's a hairy oh, man. Oh, the back is shattered. Yeah, no, it, it has been. <laughs> oh, okay. For at least, I like at the way you announced that. Oh, the back is shattered. Well, thank you. Uh, this no, is I not part of the sponsorship, intent. but a thing about, about hymns that I like I'm find this hair is that I feel like as a man, going bald must be terrifying. And it's a thing that men aren't allowed to talk about because it's like, no, nah, you're not allowed to feel self-conscious. You're a man. So like the idea of like you're, you're part of you that you've had your whole life is just fucking changing. Mm-hmm. And well, it, it, that's what's what's ultimately scary. It's scary. About it, kind of like I, I alluded to is it's it's a thing that doesn't ever turn back. So it, it's it's really tough for your your self image when yeah you have to acknowledge that you are getting older and it's never ever ever gonna come back unless you're Elon Musk. So yeah, it's eh. and Matthew McConaughey he had some kind of magic surgery. Yeah, okay. Mm. I think for a lot of dudes oh, really? it's the first sign that they are getting older. And yeah. uh, it's not one that you can ignore, really. Mm. Um, like going out and buying a car doesn't make your hair come back. I think of what the female equivalent to that would be. Boobs get less Saggy perky. boobs, yeah. yeah. Mm. 
I think thinning hair Probably is well, like but... everything that happens to women when they yeah. age. <laughs> Once they're busted and useless, like post-22. Post-22. Post-17. Uh, <laughs> I, that was a joke. Wow, John, that was really I offensive. I was joking. How dare you? You went to GDC. I did go to How GDC. How was GDC, friend? Ah, here we go. Oh, it's a 1, 2, 3 oh, wait, RF, what? too. It's like stock photo. Ugh. Figure that one out. John, you want to see? Sure, you, you I guess. Tempt the devil? Ah. Nice little side salad of hair, too, there. Jesus so Christ. I, and now I'm wondering is because it is a meme to throw one, one the old one two three RF call for help on images too. So I don't know if is that actually anyway. Ooh, John, you went to GDC. That's some kind of memeception. It sure is. Oh mm. yeah, putting the stock image. Is the meme real? <sighs> that's smart. On top smart. of an image that's not. Anyway, how much hair did you eat in San Francisco? Yeah, how was GDC? What's up? Uh, Tell us it was fun. Tales of your adventures. What do you want to hear? Well. My, the reason that I really wanted to talk to you about it is my favorite thing about GDC is you just learn so much cool shit from very yes. smart people. My favorite uh -huh. GDC panel uh, last year was the Near Automata team uh, talking about how they made that game and how they made the map size the exact same as Ocarina of Time because they decided that it was the perfect size map. And you're like, stuff that you just would never think about and how Platinum like is so specific about their inputs. They're like, the animation needs to be this length and it needs to be completed this many seconds after someone has done this and there's no perfect formula. So it's just someone reiterating over and over and over again how they feel uh, is, or how they feel something is going to be most satisfying to players. And, and that stuff is just so fascinating to listen to. Mm -hmm. So tell us some cool stuff that you learned. Well, uh, there were a number of panels on uh, mental health in uh should in preface games. for anyone who doesn't know gdc is a game developers conference it stands it stands for game developers conference so it is a game developers conference called game developers conference mm -hmm. so uh well meta <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well, the g in gdc stands for gdc so yeah it's game it's developers GDC's conference CDC. developers, developers conference yeah. <laughs> but people say gdc developers conference yeah. kind of like atm machine yeah. yeah so it gets pretty complicated in conversation yeah egg anyway. thank you for that exactly john please continue um uh well mental health mental health uh there are a few panels on that and it was pretty interesting they were showing good examples of it and bad examples well i guess they actually didn't touch on bad examples of it but they they showed a lot of good examples of like how to do it appropriately and not you know fuck it up yeah showing bad examples would probably be undiplomatic because yeah. if you're like people would just be like why is this person saying all these things and they look at their work history and they're like huh Mm. I wonder what happened at those companies. So uh, yeah. I can I, see why somebody uh, might not be. You, uh, you might have gone to the Checkpoint one. Checkpoint had a, they're a mental health organizer. I'm a board member. Yes. Is, she's Australian? Yeah. Well, Australian, British, but. British, like, but. It's an, it's an Australian organization. Australia. Yeah. Yes, Jennifer I Hazel. did go to that. Uh, she was cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand accents. You know, anything not American is like. I get British a lot and I'm like, so whatever. It's, it's uh, the most interesting one was Into the Breach postmortem. Uh, they call them postmortems. It's like when a game is done and they mm -hmm. just look back on the development. Uh, because basically they had the game pretty much made early on, but then kept trying to complicate it and add all this stuff and it just wasn't working. So it was like four years of doing a bunch of shit and then getting rid of it and then trying a bunch of other shit mm -hmm. and getting rid of it. And what he ultimately came up with was um, when you design or when you figure out your like design uh, elements or like the, the key design points, having that instead of creating design around it, uh, following that design instead. So like uh, 
and then everything you want to add and everything you want to do in your game should relate back to those key like design features and if they don't why is it in your game God of War was like that too. They had like three pillars oh, yeah. to make sure that everything tied back to those pillars. Yeah. Was, I think it was like combat, exploration, exploration, and, and character development, or like family, or like something like that. They had like basically just three core things. And I, I just tried to search for who the quote was from, but um, it's a quote that I really like about game development. That's it's something along the lines of a game is never finished, only shipped. Yeah. And one of the hardest parts about making video games is supposed to be that people just keep adding ideas all the time because you keep wanting to you keep wanting to be like I wonder if that would work and at a certain point you just have to be like we can't fucking do this yeah. well you're also making it in a vacuum yeah so it, it's so weird because we spend so much of our lives on, on the tail end of a game like after after it has cut and shipped and to us we like to think that oh this is the finished game but that concept doesn't exist it's not like when somebody's sitting down to design a game like Into the Breach. It's not like they have a finish line in mind. They just keep going, and with as much time and money and budget as they have, they keep making content. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work, and they have to cut it. Sometimes it does work, and they just keep cranking out levels. But yeah, it's it's weird because the way people talk about like DLC and add-on content and features and things like that makes it sound like that there is some sort of holy ordained vision of a game where the 1.0 line is very clearly defined. But yeah, it's usually just... We we have, like you said, a core mechanic. We try to design content around exploring that core mechanic, and then whoops, we're out of time, and we're gonna we're gonna be homeless yeah. in a month, so let's ship it. Yeah. But that's uh, supposed to be why Kojima is difficult to work with. Yeah, that he just keeps adding stuff, and people like producers have to be like, we can't do this. Having yeah. played Metal Gear Solid Five, yeah, makes I sense. can understand why Konami <laughs> would be very annoyed with him. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, another part of that is like a thing that devs often say and, and say at GDC is anything that players have thought of. You know how like you talk with friends who are gamers and you'll be like, oh, why didn't they just do this? It's so stupid. And they're like, right. yeah, we've thought of it. Someone tried it and it didn't work for yeah. whatever arbitrary, complicated reason. It's like, we promise whatever thing that you feel like genius for coming up with, someone in our room of 600 people thought of it. Yeah, like, yeah and that tried makes sense. it. And it probably didn't work for a reason. It you, didn't work. You can't figure out. We get we get shades of that when people give us like tech advice in regards to production. Yeah. Like, oh, your audio is crap. Just do this. And a lot of the times, like, I'll just be like, Wow, real oh, we just have to turn the gain up. That was it. So yeah, no, there's I mean that feedback's hard is like yeah. this slight sidestep, but for us is because people can give you ten shades of different feedback and you're like, which one do I listen to? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know which like how am I I'm just gonna do the thing. <laughs> you can be like, you did this too much or you did this too little and it's like which of uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this feedback. Yeah. Video games, it's different because they're already made. You can't just remake them. But I, I think it's an interesting point that it's like, I, they, they'll always be like, I promise you we thought of it. We just couldn't fucking do it. And you're like, all right, good to know. Yeah. I learned that with YouTube comments because I'll be like, oh, I, like, how do I feel about this joke or like how, uh, about this video? And then you go on and it's like the entire spectrum of opinions that could, that like be reacted to. And <laughs> had, it's like, okay, well. I had one that really annoyed me where people were, it was a, it was a fun house video and there were people who were like, Alana's not funny at all. But then the other half of the comments were, this is the funniest joke in the video, and the joke was mine. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? He was like, which of these is right? <laughs> like, fuck off. Well, that's, and that's what gets so weird. It's kind of like you said with, near, the, uh, with Platinum. They weren't designing mathematically. They would no. iterate and say, it just doesn't feel right. And then they would try it again and be like, it's too and fast, And it was ultimately too one person, too. It was ultimately it one be. person just being like, okay, because we need this to be consistent when it comes to animation and inputs, this amount of seconds, and it's like fractions of seconds. He's like, this is what I think feels good. Mm-hmm. And and the audience ultimately bears out whether or not that 
correct is the wrong word, but sellable is kind of the more yeah. correct one. So yeah, it's the same thing with, with YouTube editing or making jokes. You're never going to tell the perfect joke that makes everyone in the world laugh because that's not how humor works and that's not how creative output works. You yeah. just you throw out what feels right to you based on your experience and your gut and you tune it based on some factors of data that you have. Uh, like dudes really like looking at round, spherical, shiny android asses. It's true. So you just Hell put, yeah. Yeah, you, you put that ass with the perfect combat and you got yourself a game. You Nearest put a ladder game. in the game. Yeah. Lots of robots. Get those They're all ladders gyrating. in that game. Yeah. I still have to play Atomic. What's oh wrong with Oh my god, me? it's so good, Lawrence. I you would you. love that I game. Yeah. I don't know Lawrence, you fight. specifically would fucking love that game. What play, are you doing? I played more near Gestalt than I played of Automata, and I don't know why. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know, okay? I'm stupid. Sekiro's out now, so I gotta play that. Yeah. I think you would like near Automata more than you would like Sekiro. There's no booty in Sekiro. That's Almost true. no booty. There's it's funny, though, because that, that, I mean, that game is, like, yeah, there's booty in it. Sort of everyone's hot, actually. There are, like, hot boys That's in it hot also. Boys, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're super hot. But the game is, like, about very serious themes. <laughs> it's extremely serious. It's like religion and humanity and politics and, yeah. That's what I hear. It'll anime! It'll fuck you up. I love anime, man. You can have jiggly titties and then, like, very serious conversation about world politics. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. There's not a whole lot of jiggle. The ladies in the ladies in Automata, they're stacked, but oh, no, they, jiggle. they jiggle. Oh, they, they do? do? Yeah. Oh, my. I'm I've only seen it. 2B, and she's, she's... She's really the main woman... Uh, I yeah, like that you jiggles. can't see her face. Yeah. Don't need to. Yeah. What do we need those for? So how many? <laughs> feel like I feel like we strayed from the topic though. That's all right. GDC. Okay. Uh, so apart from the panels or sessions or whatever they call them, those were all great. I think Monday and Tuesday, I sat in like nine. Like I was there the whole day from the first session all through, uh, and then Wednesday through Friday is when they open the Explo floor. Mm. Um, and I th on Tuesday night I went to the Discord party uh, because someone that Stephanie knew from Twitch was leaving as we were going in and so they like it was these like cloth wristbands with little like I've done that things that you can't yeah. widen it out Stephanie's my girlfriend by the way yeah. just throwing it out there she's awesome and I want to brag and they like Stephanie dislocated awesome. I would marry Stephanie yeah Stephanie's great they Come dislocated on. their wrist <laughs> and pulled it off and then I shoved it on and it was stuck like right at my thumb knuckle for about 20 minutes and all of my fingers turned super oh my red. God. But then I finally got it on. Um, was that the night that you were drunk texting me? Yeah, I was, that was, I was live tweeting my experience. <laughs> it was in a cinema and then I got out and I was like, 11 texts? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and so I went in there uh, and I met a bunch of gaming people because Stephanie knows everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I met a lot of people heard their or was told their names did not hear their names uh because it was so loud yeah so so loud yeah they had like cascade dj that like awesome Twitch yeah. i don't think he it did gdc like, but they have they they pay i for love cascade yeah it's yeah. just wow he was still playing wap, yeah he i think he did that that twitch potty he i mean he still does shows at uh vegas hey, yeah hakasan jeez okay Pakistan? how do i know that hakasan oh <laughs> the clubs in vegas uh but so I mean, I've 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 talked about this on my uh, Twitch stuff, but I I am looking to eventually start making games someday, mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to go to this. Uh, and so on Monday and Tuesday, hearing all these smart people talk and everything, I was so inspired. Uh, and then on Wednesday, the expo floor opened, and you go down, and uh, there's just like rows and rows of computers with a developer standing next to it with their indie game being like, please play my game. And it was like, oh wow, 
so many games exist already and so many true. games are coming out and how many of these how many of them like spend a bunch of money on a booth and then are like not going to make their numbers I mean PR is so important for indies and I think a lot of them think they don't need it they're like nah our game's good <laughs> enough we'll be fine you're like no you need PR dog yeah. <laughs> you really do so it was like it was at first very inspiring and then very intimidating mm -hmm. so I like the GDC show floor compared to other expos like PAX or what have you because GDC is either indie devs being like, check out this cool thing that I made, or it's about learning or trying to recruit students. Mm -hmm. It's less about AAA's marketing. Actually, almost not at all. Like, it's not a show that you go to and you feel compelled to buy things. It's like, learn or yeah. experience. Definitely. And I like yeah, like about all it. the Consumers. all the big yeah. people were there, um, or all the big companies were there. Like, I guess PlayStation and Xbox, they just had a bunch of couches with screens of different games that were coming out. Yeah, they. But like, Epic was there. And they had a screen with a guy at a podium showing you how to do like shaders in in uh, Unreal and things like that. And there were all these, and there was like two people sitting there listening. And he had one of those headsets on and was teaching. And like there, were, yeah, there was a lot of learning experiences where it was all these big companies like educating people. Yeah, yeah rather cool. than being like buy my thing. Yeah, that's it's, wild. It's a fun show. Have you ever been? Yeah, like a long time ago. I went in like two thousand eight nine. I think I was writing for a blog at the time, and for some reason that allowed me to get media credentials. Mm -hmm. Nice. So yeah, it's funny to hear you describe the the rafts and rafts of indie devs because they were not around ten years ago. Really? Yeah. Well, the, did you go to the indie mega booth, or was that on the show floor? I guess maybe that was the mega booth was part of where it was. It, yeah. It was all these round, uh, like pillars with computers all around them, and all the devs were there. That might it was have been probably the, the indie mega booth. booth. I don't uh, think the show then, floor. But then like. So it was basically divided in half. On one side was all the huge companies, and then on the other side was all these individual, like game booths. Mm -hmm. So there was the indie mega booth, but then the rest of that side was just like big anime poster. Uh, it's often companies that are showing off weird tech or, or, or unusual systems they have. Like uh, GDC one year I played a game where you just climb the outside of the International Space Station but it was with an Oculus headset and using Kinect to track your hands. Cool. So you're uh, like physically doing that without a controller. Interesting. And that was before I think VR was particularly mainstream. There that's was like the, the kind uh, of stuff you see at GDC. Alt control. Uh, it's like GDC alt control. It's a little area where it's games that use uh, weird control. Like they, it's not used by a controller so mm. One was uh, Guitar Wizards, and it was two Guitar Hero guitars on either side of this like light panel that, depending on what combination of buttons you hit, it would send a light towards the other one, and they had to hit that same combination. So That's it was, cool. Like, sending all these lights back and forth. It was it was pretty cool. Uh, but then there was another one where it was like Indiana Jones, where two people are back to back tied to a chair. And then all of there are all these pillars with buttons on them that you had to reach out with your feet <laughs> to hit them. Um, there was another one where you climbed up a thing by just like spinning a rope. Ow! <laughs> but yeah, it, it was really interesting just to mm. see all the all the creativity and everything. Um, Did you come back feeling inspired? Very inspired, uh, but I also came back and developed con flu yeah, like immediately. Super sick. I've been sick all week. Well, mm. in the beginning of the, like Sunday through Tuesday. Um, but yeah, and Sekiro. So I haven't, I haven't, I came back inspired. I have not used that inspiration for anything good. <laughs> There's uh, still time. Do you have different video game eyes now? So when you play a game, do you see them differently? Do you perceive uh, them? I, 
when I discovered GDC's YouTube like a year ago ah. and then started watching all that stuff, that's kind of when I developed my eyes. Yeah, my yeah. eyes. I always tried to not watch too much as a journalist because there's like a separation that's needed for you to be able to report accurately for consumers. But it's like I've, I've been to so many studios and spoken to so many devs at this point that I can look at a video game different to the general audience than I feel like I'm doing my job incorrectly. If I'm like, mm. I know how that works. It's like this weird separation to try to make. Mm. I, I, hmm, that's an interesting point. I don't uh, want to look at games differently to how the people that I am telling if they should buy the thing or not look at games. That's a good but point. But also, huh. wouldn't it benefit you to like, if you're like, I don't like this, to know why you don't like it? Yeah. You'd be like, this is what it's lacking. I I feel like the the necessity there is to be able to break down what is unenjoyable about a thing in a way that somebody who doesn't necessarily have that vocabulary can understand. That makes sense. I'm the worst at that. Whenever I try to explain something, it turns into like, it's, it takes at least six paragraphs for me to explain one thing. Writing game reviews <laughs> is hard, man. So, like, let's take Nier Automata. Let's, let's say that the, the attack timings were off. I remember, uh, remember me, had an issue where, um, so with beat em up specifically, there's a problem where, like, an you can have an attack animation that starts before the enemy starts their attack animation, and then they hit you first. It's canceled out. Yeah. Uh, so the, and, and maybe like a dodge animation where the active attack frames for an enemy attack goes through the entire dodge, so it's impossible to dodge or, or there are otherwise unfair scenarios. There are ways to, like, you with your special eyes can see, like, oh, the timing of this is actually kind of broken. Like, mm. this needed to be tweaked. That's not necessarily phrasing that you can or should put into a review because it's not like a consumer is going to know that. You just boil that down to something like it feels cheap or the timing is off. You'd or, say clunky. Yeah. That's the word clunky people is use. Kind of the, the fuck this word. bullshit. Yeah. I had several opinions on Remember Me, actually. That's a funny game to bring It's a bummer, man. I, I wanted that game to be so good. I described that game as what happens if you put a lot of very good things into a blender. What comes out is not another good thing. It's this gross, like, gray goop, but Aww. with, like, some chunks of really good stuff in it. Okay. That's how I described that game. What is Remember Me? I don't even know. Uh, don't nod. Yeah, don't nod. It was, uh, like, it was the second game. Um, it's mm, sci-fi beat 'em up. Yeah, but had this time control mechanic. Hmm. There were parts of it that were very cool, and parts of it that were just like the environments were super cool. Environments, the music, yeah, all the all the art assets in the game were Beautiful. stellar. Yeah, and was it called Remember Me or Remember Me? Much more French. Oh. Yeah. Remember me. Oh, it was like a poem that was folded into a bird and set off uh, into the sunset. A, a fighter or a beat em up? Let's beat em up. Yeah. yeah. With a full French but it folded had this bird. This interesting. I mean, the <laughs> fighting was very stylish, and you basically had to, like, you'd unlock bits and make your own combos. Mm -hmm. Oh. So you'd, like, be like, that I'm going to press cool. X next or whatever. And then it would, it, it was an interesting game. I always thought it'd be cool unlock. if there was, like, a Metroidvania Street Fighter game. Or, like, if it was. There it is. If you fought like Street Fighter, but it was like a side-scrolling explorative. You mean Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero? Is that the exact game you're about to describe to oh, me? Oh shit, you're right. That is That does exist already. It does. And it was awesome. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Don't let there be any gap of non-agreement happen after I say that. Well, I'm trying to get into this, this next ad read, but they specifically requested no profanity 30 seconds before the ad read, and John just swore. I was trying to do it, and then you swore, I so never, I'm just going to bluff no. by saying, I think it's really cute that you keep trying to put that down so to not make a noise. Hey, I listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah, and I know that these mic Table stands noise. are on 
uh, heckin' bad. We should put uh, a blanket on here, actually. On the t- it's going to look bad. We got the shock mounts that help a little bit. But that would help with audio. If the, I don't know. I've never actually seen we people complain see about that. So wicked maybe it's fine. boomerang pattern. Yeah. Have you seen this pattern on this table? I yeah. have. We actually. should have a camera that's just a close-up. Have I cursed yet? No. 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 Okay. okay. And thanks to Wobby Parker for supporting Dude Soup. Wobby Parker make high-quality, stylish prescription glasses. They include anti-reflective, anti-glare coating, a hard case, and cleaning cloth. Plus, just have low prices and a wide selection of styles so that you can own multiple pairs to match your mood or your look for the day, just like a hat or a pair of shoes. Uh, blue light filters are now available too, basically for people who are concerned about the effects of blue light, like if you're looking at screens all day, like most of us in this office do, honestly. Um, and that's just one of many customization options with Warby Parker's glasses. And part of their motto is that they encourage you to be yourself and make them your own. Uh, we're actually waiting on them to send us some frames. And since all three of us do wear glasses, um, please start to check them out. Uh, I actually use the virtual try-on they have on their app. If you have an iPhone X, check it out. It lets you try on glasses, um, seeing the color, texture, and size of each style just using your phone. It's pretty cool tech. So try Warby Parker up for yourself and see how good you look in their frames. Go to warbyparker.com slash dudesoup to order your own free home try-on kit with shipping that is free as well. Uh, that is warbyparker.com slash dudesoup. If my accent confuses you, I'm just going to say Warby Parker. <laughs> dot com slash dude soup that's too many r's in there for me you Wobby did an excellent Parker. job yeah thanks mate All i right. is reminding me of yet another life lesson that i learned from anime if you're concerned about clinking uh making untowardly sounds while you're drinking mm. you hold it to your pinkies down so that you use your pinky as a spacer to the table that's in an anime yes it is don't they but in japan when they drink things they immediately put them in the bin Oh, well, sure. Yeah, if you're at a at a vending machine, you just pound it and then throw it up right away. But Oh, really? If Yeah, yeah like you're not it's, You're not supposed to walk in. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know that. that. I didn't think about the fact that you had to chug. You don't have to chug, Shouldn't but they make them smaller. They are quite they usually small, are pretty small. But yeah, you don't chug, but the idea is you just stand there demurely uh, bowing frequently to the machine that just served you a drink and then you take a little it's sip like and then city phone etiquette that used to exist back when I lived in San Francisco in 2012 where if you took out your phone, you'd step to the side and look oh. at your phone. Whereas now, mm. literally everyone is walking like this and bumping into each other and walking out into the street. It was absurd. Mm. They had sign, yeah, there was signage all over Japan imploring people to not walk while looking at their phones, which I thought it was adorable that that was the biggest societal ill they had. Aside from the people not, are we out of 30 seconds? We have to be. Yeah, go for it. Aside of people not fucking anymore. They don't fuck in Japan? No. Yeah, no. Like, don't. not at all. Their birth rate is negative. There's a... Really? Yeah, they don't fuck anymore. So it, it's an interesting... I've done a lot of research on this topic. Of course you have. Um, but I would expect no less lines. Yeah. No, it, it's it's weird because the, the thing is, like, the rise of, of female empowerment means that women can have jobs and they don't have to settle for shitty men. And the men in Japan are not the greatest because they haven't really kept pace with, like, the changing gender roles. But women also like fucking. Well, sure, but they don't need to. Um, also, I'm just saying, Japanese men aren't the the most virile on the planet. Sorry, <laughs> Japanese dudes. Perhaps there's one out there that gets gets really naughty, but most dudes just want to watch anime and masturbate. And most women wow. are like, these dudes are pathetic. I'm gonna go work my job and then play a dating sim to get my rocks off and then go to sleep. And the go back one to work. major 
conflict that I have with sex culture in Japan, conflict in that I wouldn't know what to do about it, is that the idea of a woman saying no is supposed to be an important part of courting. I've read a lot about that too. Yeah, so like a overt lack of consent is considered extremely attractive. It's well, attractive is maybe not the right word. Well, I want to say required. According to my sure internet articles. Right. Yes, go on, sir. The um, <laughs> not that I'm not that I'm an expert, even though I am totally an expert. The, <laughs> it's just part of like it's considered polite. Like a a proper woman is demure mm. and doesn't want to expose herself. So if like she's being addressed, she's supposed to be like, no, don't look. Ah. And it's a show. It's like for it's a dance of of like she has to express um, being embarrassed, even though she's not mm. theoretically. And then she eventually gets into it once things get going. But yes, from Western perspective, it looks a lot like sexual assault. Well, I'm not going to be like that's sexual assault. I'm just going to say I don't know what I would do in that culture. How to how you just got to pretend to be demure and embarrassed. Well, is it? Do they say no while giggling and going tee hee hee hee? I think that's part of it. It's like there's a bit of squirm involved, but yeah. I think even what, I'm really well, careful. That's what Lawrence did. Yeah. So that's that's why I was asking. No, <laughs> senpai. But I think I mean you're describing you're describing part of the problem is that Japan is deeply traditional in a world where all of those roles are changing and modern designing women with their shoulder pads and their Murphy Brown jobs, maybe they don't want to get their fuck on by doing that anymore. So mm. dudes aren't interested because they're trained up on anime. Because yeah, now they're all sluts. We're... Yeah, basically. <gasps> Gosh, but... There's a whole neat thing. Well, I don't know how truly widespread that is. I, don't, I haven't seen any census data. But yeah, guys get to watch anime where girls are proper women. Um, and women get to live in the real world where they have jobs and salaries and mm. wait for men that aren't gigantic piles of shit. Can women just stop having jobs? It's, really, it's ruining the sex. There's a lot of... Uh... <laughs> One of my favorite things to do is to read <laughs> blog articles where dudes actually argue the government should assign them a girlfriend. Ah, uh, yes. I spend a lot of time on Reddit also. <laughs> I read that stuff for whatever reason. Like, it's something about it fascinates me. Yeah. Reading people who are like, women are terrible and I hate you. I'll be like, tell me more. <laughs> fascinating. Um, there's this really cool, uh, like, doc short. What is it? It's a 10-minute animation thing. It was made in like 2009 by this Japanese motion design student and it's called Japan the Weird Country and there was a Japanese version and an English version and the government of Japan actually made him remove the English version because it's basically all of the like crazy dark shit about Japan with mm. like statistics and uh Hmm. Like you know, because it was like 2009 is the like suicide rates or what yeah kind suicide of dark rates stuff and all about? the like everything that we've been talking about homelessness is a problem you just wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't exist on his Vimeo anymore. But if you search Japan the weird country on YouTube, someone ripped it at some point like mm. ten years ago. Japan is also pretty awful with how they deal with the mentally handicapped, mm. is my understanding as well. Like they just don't. They don't fuck with that mm. in a bad way. Like they just kind of stuff them in a building and forget about them. Yikes. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of being stuffed in a building, <laughs> NASA and two other space agencies are asking for 24 volunteers to lie in bed for two months as part of a study. Uh, you get paid $19,000. Uh, the quote says, we are looking for test persons to take part in a bed rest study from September to December 2019 in Cologne, Germany, and spend 60 days lying down. 
Uh, that's a statement from the German Aerospace Agency, NASA, and the European Space Agency. The point of the study is to research how the body changes in weightlessness. Bed rest stimulates this condition, because you're not using your muscles, obviously. Mm. Uh, based on the study results, scientists will develop techniques to reduce the negative effects of weightlessness on astronauts, and during the two months, the volunteers will live in a single room, uh, but they'll be divided into groups. So that probably hurts the masturbation chances. Uh, I can be quiet. <laughs> One group will be rotated around in a centrifuge, similar to an artificial gravity chamber, which oh, will force fuck. blood back into ex their extremities. Cool. According to ABC News. Would you all do it? No. You have to stay. I, oh, yeah. I thought it was you just get to hang out for two months. You have, no, to, you have to stay, stay in, in a bed. Can you sit up? And uh, I mean, it probably doesn't say. But it doesn't specify. Thing sometimes. Yeah. yeah I no, think I think you have to lay in bed. You probably could sit up, but I mean, it's I've they're trying it. to st stimulate simulate you not using your muscles mm -hmm. so yes you need to lay down you'd probably need part of that nineteen thousand dollars to like go to rehab afterwards right For sure i imagine they'd provide you with some physical therapy afterwards to make sure you didn't, it doesn't kill you but is nineteen thousand dollars in two months a good yeah that's a good amount of money Can that's I bring a my xbox yeah I was gonna, i'm I need sure switch. you could bring i need a switch and a usb charger yeah and frankly i could use this right now it sounds fucking great yeah, yeah this is kind of this is tailor made for you give me this be excellent but i don't know at the, at the end of that two months i mean first of all i think it would be horrible to feel your body deteriorate i mean you'd watch it too like yeah you'd bad. see yourself just I sort of deflate the bathroom let me see if i can find more information on it if i'm gonna jack off in bed i might as well pee there too they probably give you like a catheter do catheters work for semen we'll find for out semen no because does a catheter go into your bladder directly um, or is uh, it just like i'm not even catheterized it goes it does go down your penis but does it? How far does it go? Yeah, when I don't know. I does that mean if you have a catheter in, you you wouldn't? Can you come down a catheter? Maybe it'll just have a or little toilet hole in the middle of the bed. <laughs> and so you just flop over, or the nurse has to come in and roll you over. Oh, that. It, so wait, it's. But in now a I want to know if you have a catheter and it's in your bladder. The, the, the fact that you're, I think, what's worse is it's. It's almost there's a sociological uh, element too because. You're in a room with like 10 other people and you're all laying down. By yeah, it like says you'll shower, eat, and get dressed while laying down. Blech. By day three, you're going to be sick of how Carl breathes. Like he's going to have a whistle in his oh, nose. Someone's going to Can you sit snore? up in your bed? Um, or do you see. literally have, have to lay down? They probably sit you up. I bet. There's probably a nurse that comes in and like yanks you up and shoves pillows so you can eat. And then they pull the pillows on you just flop back down. Oh my God. Yeah. There's this... Uh, mm. I, I would do that when I'm, when I'm 95. Yeah. I would be down for that. There's someone who did uh, participate up. in a similar study previously that said, participation in the study was very special and good experience for me. What surprised me the most, after a few days, my body got used to the bed rest. It was much easier than I had imagined. I did not get bored by the many exciting experiments. On the contrary, time flew by. So I guess you, there are experiments that- That sounds rest. like a plant. I agree, actually. It was like, yeah. that's fucking propaganda. How, when they didn't say how often they masturbated, I was, uh, I was out. That's not true at all. You shower while lying in your flatbed, eat, exercise. Exercise. Ooh, oh, your okay. beds are tilted slightly downwards to encourage fluids to pool in the upper body. So you're, oh my God. So your oh. legs are up in the air and your head's down the whole time? That does not sound fun. I mean, I thought I just got to play video games for two months. Mm. I want to do that so bad. Oh, God, I want to do that so bad. How do if, I just hit pause on life you, and like take two months off? I would off? love to. God, I need well, to be Witcher you, 3 and Nier Automata. If you uh, like wanted Lawrence. to hang out with, if you like had a rapport with one of the other people, 
could you like roll over to their bed and like hang out with them, maybe play some cards? I mean, they are specifically looking for twelve men and twelve women. Mutually so. masturbate, like you're in junior high again. Could you both have sex? I think it looks like they're too far apart. Without, I, I mean, know. I guess yeah, I guess you can have sex, like without one person being on top and setting up. Like you both have to remain laying down. You can have like spooning, laying, spooning sex. Yeah, spooning yeah. sex. Yeah, but depends how big the booty how is. How do you get to the bed? How do you? You roll. You steamroller. Yeah. I don't think they're next to each other. Tie your sheets together. Throw oh, a rope over. How do you reckon they shower laying down? Probably just wipes. Sponge bath. Mm. Yeah. It's part of the sex. Yep. John's right. So. <laughs> John's right. I feel like men, eh, probably women too, need to masturbate. They ha That has to be considered in this, surely. Well, no. The, the male body finds ways, mostly when you're sleeping, to get rid of... Mostly rid when of everyone else is sleeping. Hey, Evangelion. It doesn't mention masturbation or... Uh, I don't understand how that's not the first thing. Or pooping. <laughs> it doesn't mention going to the toilet. Whatever, I can hold it for two months. Oh, Masturbate, not masturbating for two months? No, I meant poop. Oh. As long as, as, long as you can <laughs> toss off. Mm. Uh, I'm joking. Yeah, but yeah. There's not a catheter if you go, like, for the butthole. Oh, yeah, sure there is. No, there isn't. Yeah, yeah, people get those things that they like, it goes through their stomach. You, you, that, get, you can get like a poop bag. It goes bag. all the way through but the But that's intestines? like people who have like, who are all fucked up on the inside. I mean, you have to get bag. something yeah. to do that. Yeah. Cost me bags will collect your poo. Because I know that uh, this uh, guy who came to my school in high school because he was sitting in a yellow VW bug and wasn't wearing a seatbelt oh. and it rolled. He had a real talk to you? Yeah. And he was in a wheelchair and he came in and he, was, and he you described kids think you're everything. You're invincible. Yeah, but no, it really was that. He's like, you think, I mean, it, you know, it worked because it's like, oh, shit. But yeah, he went on and on about how he's like, sometimes, oh, like, my bowel movements are scheduled and we know when they're going to happen. So we're always home when it's supposed to happen. But sometimes it's not on the schedule and someone will just smell something and, and then I'll go, I must have shit myself because I can't feel anything down there, but oh. I can smell it. And it was like, holy shit. Wow. Literally. Yeah. Holy shit, indeed. And there was 400 kids at my school all just sitting there, like, listening to this guy. It was like, all right, I think I'm going to wear my seatbelt. I feel like that's a more valuable lesson than fucking algebra. I didn't need to know to expand and simplify algebra brackets. Did you guys? I, that. I actually, oh. Did you guys ever have assembly when you were in school? Yeah, we had Where, assemblies. like, they had a guest speaker come in to every real week. talk to you about something? Every week. Curves. We had assembly every morning. What? Yeah, every morning. We what? like once a year they'd bring in some dude this? who was a marine. These are my notes from GDC. I forgot to bring them out oh, when we were cute. talking about GDC. I have uh, a notes on curves revisited. Uh, oh, that's right. You got to lerp the lerp. You said there was quadratic a quadratic Bezier curves. There's new math. Bezier is pretty yeah. pretty expensive in terms of math. Uh, I got to research Pascal's triangle. Yes, you do. Um, Everyone Pascal's, I, Pascal's the name of a character in Near Automata. You know that if you played it, Lawrence. I started it, but I was playing it on hard, and it wasn't really meant to be played on hard because there's not a checkpoint for the first hour and a half. And then you fight the two little crane things, and they smack you, and you die in one hit. Yeah, that 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 first part without the checkpoint is not great. And then you have to start over again. Yeah. I played the Near Automata. Yes, I played the start like six times because I'm an idiot and picked hard because my gamer pride wouldn't let me play on I normal. I mean, you can put auto chips on. <clears throat> no, well, you don't just have them when you just first start. I think you're right. Auto chips don't come till later. It's really not intended for you to play hard the first time. Mm -mm. But mm. I decided that I was going to anyway. Anyway, John, there are certain games that I will play on hard. Because I want to be good at video games. Yeah, but it's just more health. 
So it's just like I hit him more times. You don't know that. I understand. I don't there are certain games hard. that I will always play on hard. They like might. I played Titanfall 2 on hard. Yeah. I played shooters on hard. I played Wolfenstein on hard. Man, Wolf on Hard was tough. That one, uh, Wolfenstein 2, that one fight where you're at the top of the Empire State Building. I think that's where you are. You're at the top of a building in New York. Yeah, where there's like a lot of mech suits up there. It took me so long. That was very tough. Because there's nowhere to cover. Yeah. And then when I figured out where to cover, I was fine. But god damn, that took a long time. Is that, a, is that, Ooh, that was harder than the final boss fight. What a great game. Uh, no, it's Elvis. Oh, uh, what? okay. Uh, uh, let me do our final ad read real quick. Yeah, do it. your ad read. I will find some uh, When you're constantly here. on the go, grinding away at the office or hanging out with friends, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or your apartment. That's why I love getting a new box of awesome from Bespoke Post every month. These guys are out scouting for quality and unique products to send in each box. Now you can experience it too at boxofawesome.com. Uh, Lawrence got a bunch of cool knives. Yeah, where's my knife bag? Extremely cool. That is in here somewhere, actually. Let me find your knife bag later. But uh, just flippy knives, but like butterfly got knives. Throwing knives. Throwing knives. Hey! A every, lot of very cool knives. Every box they send, no matter what the theme is, will typically have at least one to two knives in it, which makes it awesome. Is that because you requested that? No. Dope. That's just how they are. Very cool. Knives, I like a, a good knife. Uh, to get started with, with Box of Awesome, visit boxofawesome.com. Answer a few short questions that will help him get a feel for the boxes that will go best with your style or whatever you're, you're looking for specifically. Whether you're in search of the perfect drink, a well-kept pad, or jet-setting in style, Bespoke Post improves your life one box at a time. And each box goes for under 50 bucks, but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside for you, which I think is really cool. Uh, the first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details, and you'll have five days to change colors and sizes or add extra goods to your box. And if you're not feeling that month's box, just skip it. Uh, from barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, weekender bags to classy dot kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com and enter the code DUDE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code DUDE for 20% off your first box. You should absolutely do that. I It is cool. Bespoke has decked my, my desk out with fidget knives. So yeah. whenever I'm just like thinking about something, I'll reach for a knife and just start twirling it. Mm. It's probably very unsafe, I but the, I get to cut myself. The wrong ad read on the lost... Dude soup, and we did that ad read, and we had the knives here, and it was uh, Bruce, Adam, and Rahul all holding knives while I'm sitting in this corner, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, <laughs> they all cool looking knives though. They're sick I want knives. knives. And they're all kinds of different That's styles. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, mate. Australia. Sick. Peak Australia. What'd you find? Uh, I found that I might have schizophrenia because That's cool. my handwriting changes. Like, by the page. I don't think that's what schizophrenia is, but go on. Well, multiple... I don't freaking know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I do not have a uh, consistent handwriting style. You think maybe you got possessed? Possibly. Possessed by the power of inspiration. Um, one thing that I will take from this is... See, I drew a little circle here. Oh, you changed the camera. Oh. Here's a circle that says comfort zone. Show it to the and camera, John. Here's John. A, and here's another circle, Show and they're the not camera. overlapping. John, that camera. says where the magic happens. Not you can apply this line. to your life. You got a good Venn diagram going on there? No, it's well, it's what's the opposite of a Venn diagram? I mean, it counts as a Venn diagram. It just doesn't have any overlap. It's just not overlapping. So you got to get out of that comfort zone to make some magic happen. That is so, true. That's why I moved to the U.S. Yeah. I had a, a job that was relatively easy, and I earned a lot of money. And then I was like, I'm 21. I'm way too young to be feeling this way. So I was like. Fuck it. Let's move conf continents. Do Hell it. yeah. Right on. Here I am. That's why I lived in a truck for two months in Oakland. 
I could live on a boat. I've thought about doing that. I want to go to Berlin. I want to live in Germany one day. That That is a goal that I like. Before I die, I want to live in Berlin for at least six months. I love it there. I want to have a phase of my life where, yeah, I live in a different country. Like, I want to say a year and a half to two years. I highly recommend it. I've always been here for five now. And uh, you just, I don't know, you become, you get a bigger perspective of the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You meet a lot of different people. Like, they, 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 them, have done studies uh, that basically the more you travel, the, like, more empathetic you are and the smarter you are. The less and like, racist it just, you are. Yeah, it just makes you like a better human basically to travel around yeah. and see the world from different world views. I also just, <laughs> I really like going to a new country and the thought that everything that I'm seeing is the first time I've ever seen that thing. Just very cool. I went to Alaska the first year I was here by myself for five days and went like dog sledding and I saw the Northern Lights and it was just like one of the coolest things I've ever done. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. And it was just so, so, so cool. I really need Very to glad that. that I did. Like Northern I'm, Lights is I the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my life. Uh, I'm so, I, I really need to go see Northern Lights. Like I've got a bucket list. Tetris Effect taught me I need to see the Northern Lights, mm. which is oh. pathetic, <laughs> but also awesome. Well, it was minus 32 degrees. Yeah. Uh, it was the coldest I've ever been in because it was at the Arctic Circle and I have really bad asthma. So we get out of the van and I just get punched in the chest with asthma. It like hits me in a way that's just like, I can't breathe immediately. And I look up and I see it and I don't care that I can't breathe. That's how pretty it was. It was like, I couldn't, I could have passed out, but I was like, dear God, it's incredible. Could and not then, recommend more. And then the, the Northern Lights combined with the stars you started seeing because of the lack of <laughs> oxygen. And it's undescribable. Passed out and died and here I am. Uh, in Uganda, uh, you can buy Valium in like giant boxes, like a hundred packs for like, 10, 20 bucks. Yeah, when I went to pharmacy. Thailand, I bought so. a bunch of uh, uh, <laughs> antibiotics because you can just buy them over the counter. Cool. Yeah. Like, I was All like, right, those are damn handy. <laughs> I was I was like 20 and uh, we just bought them for a, a bus ride. I, di- I didn't actually know what Valium was at the time. You went to Uganda? Yeah. I Ooh. wouldn't recommend that uh, to I mean, don't buy a large Valium. amount of Valium. Also, so don't overuse antibiotics. Those, that's a bad idea too. But uh, yeah. before we close out this podcast, that's a, that's a good question <laughs> for me to ask you. Uh, what, what's the, the best traveling you've ever done? Favorite moment of going somewhere internationally, if you have one? One time. It's a fun thing to learn about. Uh, I started drinking in Portugal, and I woke up in Germany. That's incredible. Yeah. Ah, God bless uh, Europe. That's too succinct. Uh, uh, the first night I was in Japan, uh, we went to a ramen place where they had structured it such that you didn't make eye contact with any living human for your entire experience there which was surreal and also the ramen was incredible. And then Stephanie and I were like, we were trying to kill time for the sun to go down because we were jet lagged to hell, which already put everything in sort of a dreamlike mm-hmm. state. We kind of went up and down a mall, like nine floors up, nine floors down looking at shops and stuff. And then the sun was down, so we're like, okay, let's go back to the hotel. And first we saw this breakdancing duo, like just busting moves on the street to uh, a remix of the Super Mario Brothers theme. And I was like, well, that's the most Japanese thing in the world. <laughs> and then like, I heard this peeling like sweet guitar like echoing through a tunnel. So we walked under a few streets and found this like 50s greaser rockabilly band called The Throttle with like a dude with a sweet pomp and a leather jacket. And they were like singing like awesome covers and doing backflips. At a venue or just in the street? Just out on the street. Cool. And there was like, the dude had like a whole drum kit and they were killing it. And we just sort of sat there and watched them play their whole set. And That's then they awesome. like, yeah, they bowed and like packed up all their shit and left. <laughs> but yeah, I like dropped some currency in their little like tip place. But like just that procession String of things of was the most. There were a few nights 
that were just like this is the most perfect Japanese thing ever. Yeah. Um. And but the Doing first night there karaoke was, in Japan is my favorite. Uh, I, I love that. Imagine. You can just you can nail all the English songs that they. But can they do. will they will too. That's oh, the really? thing. Yeah, yeah. They'll do the like the the top English songs, and it's like something very beautiful about being in a country where you don't speak the same language as someone, and they all get fucked up drunk. You're all on highballs, and they will sing a song with you and all like all be singing and dancing even though you don't speak the same language you're just having the best time together and i i love that it's so cool and it's so easy to do in japan go to karaoke pretty much anywhere and they'll do that with you it's, it's that just, that yeah. actually reminds me of another travel story which is uh when i went to uganda the second time uh, you've been to uganda twice yeah uh i i used to work for nonprofits. Woke up in portugal um oh, that's we great. like we landed we went we went out to uh kampala which is like the main city. We got in our apartment and then we're like, all right, let's like hit the town. So we got in a taxi and like as we parked uh, or as we were getting dropped off, uh, we went to get out and the guy turns and he goes, eh, your Michael Jackson is dead. And we're like, what? <laughs> and it was it was the day that we had been flying. That's how you found out Michael Jackson when Michael, died. Anyway, your Michael Jackson is dead. <laughs> Okay. Wow. So then we went out and like they had karaoke <laughs> oh. machines set up in a few bars oh, no. and everyone was singing Michael Jackson. Mm. And I remember I asked the DJ for the microphone because I was drunk at that point and I <laughs> and I was just talking about how you I gave was it to how you? I was friends with Michael Jackson <laughs> and uh, like yeah that's like uh, yeah. amazing it was, yeah it was fun being drunk in other countries is great highly recommend it. That's when all the walls come down. Kind of like yeah. you said it. it there's. Being around people you don't even speak the same same language with, you do discover that you can still communicate and communicate pretty well. Yeah. Just through gestures and tone of voice yeah. and body language. So that it's, when it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and you know, as as someone who has not been graced with social skills for most of my life and social anxiety and stuff, that stuff erodes almost instantaneously when you have to develop other tools of communicating. With yeah. People. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Very calming. It is calming. You're right. All right. That is it. For this week's episode of Dude Soup, thank you to our sponsors, and thank you for joining me, Lawrence and John. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, like you said, this episode is uh, pre-recorded, so there's no post-show. Um, sorry about that. And I think we're back to regular scheduling next week for Dude Soup, so we'll see you then. Bye, see everybody. Ya. Bye.